I've always said there's a science to umpiring and an art. Um, the science is the nuts and bolts. You know, like I said, a strike is any part of the ball in any part of the strike zone. That's the uh, science of it or whatever. The art is, is, the, is us making determinations, what's fair, uh, common sense. You know, uh, for example, uh, you know, by rule, a coach is supposed to be in the coaching box. We rarely make them be in the coaching box unless the other team says, hey, we think he's stealing signs. Okay, well, then both teams will stay in the coaching box for the rest of the game. You know, uh, that's a rule that, frankly, we don't enforce unless we have to. Um, any, any, any robocop, any robotype thing is going to, doesn't have the luxury of, of making that determination of, 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 of how it affects the game or, or you know, uh, the common sense judgment of, a, of, of an experienced umpire. It just says yes or no, strike or ball, and that's all it knows. Again, if everyone's okay with that, and if um, you're used to having um, certain pitches that are technically strikes and, and aren't, you know, go at it. I mean, you know, that's fine. But it, it's really tough for me when you have a game played by human beings that they want it officiated perfectly, even though it's never uh, played perfectly. Welcome to the Rockstars Rocking Podcast, powered by Voluntary Disruption, a show dedicated to people who are crushing their business and life goals. These are bite-sized conversations with leading rock stars in their respective industry who are pumped to share their story to help drive you to the next level. So, are you ready to rock? Speaking of rock stars, here's your host, Eric Silverman. Hey, rock stars, welcome back to another episode of Rock Stars Rockin'. Boy, do I have another rock star, the rock star of all rock stars, in my opinion, at least when it comes to professional sports, baseball, my sport, everybody knows that if you know me. And uh, because of my dad, my respect, my ultimate respect for umpires, we have today Dale Scott, 32 year professional major league baseball umpire uh, from 1985 to 2017, if I got that correct. Uh, and I'm so fired up and excited and uh, honored that you uh, that you were able to join the show. Welcome, Dale. Hey, buddy. Hey, Eric. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. And I uh, look forward to this. Absolutely. I appreciate you so much. So a little backstory just to show what type of class act Dale is. So uh, if, if and if anybody's never heard of this app, go download it and order it uh, for family and friends. Um, there's an app out there called Cameo, where um, celebrities in all walks of life all over the world um, who have a following people that have a name can um, basically folks like myself, a regular ordinary person can go on this app and request that somebody uh, send a short clip or a short video message. Could be a birthday message, could be a get well soon method message, something like that. Um, and uh, my dad, uh, he's good now, I'll preface it, but he's 78 years old. He was diagnosed with COVID earlier this year, 2021, and he was um, put in the hospital for a week, not on an oxygen or not on a um, ventilator, but he did need oxygen. And uh, my dad's been umpiring baseball for almost 30 years himself. And I know that my dad, who's taught me well, 
he pays more attention to umpires than he does the players. And my dad's a big Washington Nationals fan, so we got a big rivalry going in the D.C. Baltimore uh, Beltway. Anyway, I, I don't know Dale. I sent uh, on Cameo. He was on there, and I sent him a message about my pop. And within a day or two, Dale sent a, a personal video back to my uh, dad wishing him well. And uh, it was, you could tell it was heartfelt and I, I appreciated it. My dad appreciated it. And then uh, I reached out on Twitter and said, Dale, would you come on the show? And he was so generous to do so. So that's kind of how this started. And uh, again, I can't thank you enough for that, Dale. Well, uh, you know, I appreciate it. Cameo is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I get those every once in a while. I don't really, really consider myself a uh, celebrity, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And, and, and I'm, I was glad to do that uh, for your dad. I'm glad he's doing well. Absolutely. So Dale, I got a bunch of questions for you today. If you don't mind, I'm just going to jump right in. I'm probably going to be all over the place. There's no set order. So I might jump from one baseball something to another. Um, but one of the things that's top of my mind that is all over the news this year of late is, um, is, is, the, is Major League Baseball cracking down uh, or saying they're going to crack down on, um, on what a lot of articles uh, say, the sticky stuff, meaning um, uh, substance on the baseball that pitchers may or may not be using. Uh, and they also have made it clear that I've read that they're going to rely on Major League Baseball umpires to enforce it. That sounds like a nightmare to me. What's what's your opinion on that, my friend? Well, uh, my opinion is I'm glad I'm retired uh, because it does <laughs> sound like a nightmare to me also as far as an umpire and, and uh, policing this. You know, um, foreign uh, substances on uh, you know, that pitchers have used in the past or, or uh, uh, you know, defacing baseball, scuffing them or whatever was to uh, – uh, you know, uh, to deceive the hitters for, for baseballs to do some uh, weird things as it approaches the plate. This, from what I understand, is a lot more to do with uh, not necessarily to make the ball totally do goofy things, but just to give the pitcher an advantage of uh, their spin rate and being, being able to, uh, uh, with the uh, sticky stuff, um, uh, you know, have a much higher velocity spin rate and that kind of stuff, which, uh, which is, you know, is, is cheating, basically, <laughs> according to the rules. Um, and so it's a little bit of a nightmare that's uh, been going on for uh, MLB. Uh, you know, some of their top pitchers uh, in, in the league um, are, have been accused of this. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm not sure if they've denied it or not, but, I, you know, it's going on. And, and so they, they wanted to, uh, you know, uh, put a stop to it. Um, we'll see how it goes. I... I, uh, like I said, as an umpire, that's, it's a bit of a nightmare. You know, it used to be that, um, uh, if a opposing team thought a, a pitcher had a substance on him or was defacing the ball in some way or whatever, uh, they would say something to you. You would also be on the, all four of you on the field. Uh, you know, every time you get a, cha a chance to check the ball, you check it just to see if there's anything that, uh, shouldn't be there. Um, you know, we had the, uh, discretion to go out and check the pick, uh, pitcher. Uh, we could do it on our own. If we, you know, found some baseballs that we thought were uh, defaced, we could also, uh, at the request of the opposing manager, if we thought there was, you know, some merit to that, but now it's, uh, the umpires are on their own. I mean, certainly a, a manager may request uh, something, but, but manager, uh, the uh, umpires are now told that they can at any time check a pitcher, um, for uh you know substance on his glove or on his body or, or whatever um you know it's it, it's just another layer of of, of things that umpires uh, need to do and need to police it's going to be interesting how it plays out um uh, both the uh, policing of this and also 
you know, I, I just read a, a, a thing online that um, since they announced this, and it hasn't gone into effect basically until just a few days from now, but since they announced this, uh, uh, hitters average has already gone up a little bit, you know, <laughs> league wise, really, league, I league didn't wide, see that. which, which, you know, the, the theory is it's not, uh, there's no proof, but the theory is that once it was announced, some of these pitchers are, are, are pitching without the substance. If, if they were using it just to get used to it, because they're going to be policed on it, uh, much more vigorously coming up. So we'll, you know, we'll see, I, th- that's a very short, um, a window to, to, to come up with uh, any concrete evidence that it's, you know, you know, happening. We'll have to have a, a longer uh, uh, time to check the stats and all that stuff, but it'll, it'll be interesting how it all plays out. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. And uh, I had not seen that article saying that the averages have gone up, but if they continue to go up and they're policing it, that would, I guess, prove the point uh, in some capacity. Yeah. Um, but as, but I agree the, the timeliness uh, has got to be a longer time frame for sure. Um, l- let me ask you um, a, a question uh, in that same vein with respect to how baseball is different now. I mean, you were, you were still in baseball in 2017 when some of this was around, but certainly not all of it. Um, what's your opinion, uh, your quick take on um, seven inning double headers that they started with last year due to the pandemic? Well, I love seven. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, we don't get paid by the hour. Um, you know, you know, uh, we had that in the minor leagues and, uh, and, and obviously we know why some of these changes were made with, with COVID and, and, and those types of things like the extra inning runner at second rule. Um, I would have loved that, uh, you know, well, that was my next years. question. So talk about that too. The runner on second at, and the 10th. Right. Day. Right. Well, you know, all these, uh, all these were put in for, for the reason stated. Um, but I, you know, I, again, reading, uh, some background the baseball, you know, extra inning games get to a point uh, or can get to a point where you now have used your roster and you're, you, you may have to you know, have a position player pitching or, 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 you know, whatever. And, and, you know, uh, it's fun for me to watch that. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's uh, it's like a really good golfer having a bad shot. You go, hey, you know, those guys do it too once in a while. Um, but but the thing is, the quality of baseball in a very hard fought, you know, tie game it, it dwindles, uh, you know, substantially as the innings go on. I, the longest game I ever worked behind the plate was nineteen innings, six and a half hours. Um, wow. And I would have loved to run her a second <laughs> during, <laughs> during that time. Um, Were you behind the plate that game? Yeah, I was behind the plate that oh. game. Yeah. It was uh, the first plate, my first plate game of the season in, in 1992. Wow. Uh, in Cleveland, Boston at Cleveland. And uh, uh, Boston, uh, top of the 19th, hit a two run home run. And um, I high fived him because I was so excited. And I think that's <laughs> probably against. Uh, against protocol but uh um uh, you know so so it, these are interesting rules i the seven any you know purists are going to say that's just not right uh, you're you know uh i i do uh believe um there's some conflict for example uh was a, a bum garner threw a, a no hitter a seven any no hitter and it's not right. officially a no hitter right well if it's an official game it seems like it should be official no hitter maybe maybe you have a different category for seven any no hitters but still i you know i i don't think you can say it's not one <laughs> it's a it's a win in the and a loss in the in the column so um 
you know, I, I'm I'm all for it, frankly. I, you know, a lot of times, and I'm not, I'm not sure if, well, they probably are with these uh, seven inning doubleheaders, but if they're doing the split doubleheaders like a lot of clubs do because they want two gates, um, those are long, long days, um, uh, you know, with a one o'clock start, seven o'clock uh, start or whatever, you know. So, you know, yes, I'm for them. I know purists probably aren't. Um, I could see it tweaking a little bit on the runner at second base and maybe not start that till the 11th inning or something, you know, and have uh, let him play a, a real game, you know, for one or even two extra in dot, you know, so that can be something tweaked like a little that. bit. Yeah, sure. Um, but, uh, but, you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the, with the changes. That's cool. That's cool. Now, what about the big one that is not there, but they're, they're playing with it. You know where this is going. Uh, robo umps, uh, automatic umps, which, um, I, I don't know enough to be dangerous, to be honest with you here. So you have to educate me, but from what I would assume it would, um, eliminate jobs in some capacity in the umpire world. But, but, uh, you know, you tell me how, how, it, what it looks well, like. Uh, even if you have a robo ump calling pitches, you still need a plate umpire. Um, okay. There still needs to be a body there. Uh, you, that plate umpire still has to uh, take every pitch like he's calling it. Um, because if the robo ump has some type of technical glitch or whatever, uh, then that person that's the the, the plate umpire he's got to make the call. So th- okay. now that right there tells that would be tough to do as a plate umpire because you have to focus and concentrate on every pitch although rarely will you call the pitch but you may have to call the pitch after you find out with that delay that there was a robo ump issue that's that's not easy to do um i've never done it but i mean i'm just saying as an umpire that would not be easy to do but you still need a plate umpire you you have to determine if a you know hit hit batsman or catcher interference or batter interference or um you you know uh, uh uh, you know, foul ball, if it's off the, off the hitter or, you know, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that, that takes place that a robo uh, um, cannot call, you know, and, and can't make a decision on. And of course plays at the plate and, and that kind of stuff. So there's that. But um, I've always said with the automatic strike zone, the robo, uh, but be careful what you wish for, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> the, Strike zone is a three-dimensional thing, and it's uh, it's from the very front edge of the plate to the very point of the back of the plate. It's obviously the height; is, it changes with every hitter. Uh, the width is the same, but we have to remember that 17-inch plate. Um, if any part of the ball crosses or touches that part of the plate, you know, over the you know, uh, over the t- plate, it, it is a considered you know. Um, on the plate. So in other words, you have a two and a two and a quarter uh, inch uh, diameter baseball that makes that 17 inches, 19 inches, uh, right. uh, you know, and, one, and actually uh, 21 inches if you consider, you know, both sides. So, right. you know, not to be technical and get in the woods here, but, or weeds here, but, uh, um, uh, you know, there's, there's that. Now, we've had an evaluation system that started in the early 2000s um, that was basically the same setup it's been redefined and it's a different company now and there's you know other techno uh, technological changes but the point is we had some issues with this uh with the system because it doesn't take let me give you an example um you have a hitter that or a pitch that comes in and at the very front edge of the plate it's at the very lowest point on the knee uh as it crosses but the, the ball is moving away from the hitter 
and down toward the dirt. So the pitch is actually caught almost on the ground, three or four inches outside. Technically, that's a strike. By rule, any pitch that enters any part of the strike zone is a strike by rule. Now, a, a human umpire uh, will rarely call that a strike because it looks absolutely awful uh, and, and it's not expected to be a strike. But a robo-ump doesn't have that uh, luxury of, of, of making a judgment. It's either yes or no, you know, how it's programmed. So, you know, again, there's going to be pitches called that technically are correct, but in reality are, are, are not accepted as strikes. Um, and, you know, that's something that, you know, if, if people are, are dead set up, you know, for robo umpires and by God, we, we're not going to miss one pitch. There will be not one pitch missed. Well, those pitches are strikes now. And so, you know, if you adjust your attitude and if you're okay with that and hitters are okay with that, uh, it's going to be fine. You know, I've always said there's a science to umpiring and an art. Um, the science is the nuts and bolts. You know, like I said, a strike is any part of the ball in any part of the strike zone. That's the uh, science of it or whatever. The art is, is, the, is us making determinations, what's fair, uh, common sense. You know, uh, for example, uh, you know, by rule, a coach is supposed to be in the coaching box. We rarely make them be in the coaching box unless the other team says, hey, we think he's stealing signs. Okay, well, then both teams will stay in the coaching box for the rest of the game. You know, uh, that's a rule that, frankly, we don't enforce unless we have to. Um, any 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 robocop any robo type thing is going to doesn't have the luxury of, of making that determination of, of 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 how it affects the game or or you know uh, the common sense judgment of a of, of an experienced umpire it just says yes or no strike or ball and that's all it knows again if everyone's okay with that and if um, you're used to having um, certain pitches that are technically strikes and, and aren't you know, go at it. I mean, you know, that's fine, but it, it's really tough for me when you have a game played by human beings that they want it officiated perfectly, even though it's never uh, played perfectly. It, for example, double play ball, bases loaded one out shortstop is, I mean, it's right to him. It's a perfect double play ball it goes right between his legs. Do we say, well, after further review, he usually makes that play. So we're going to give him uh, two outs. It's a good you know, point. Of course not. He made a mistake. He made an error. It happens. it happens. He's a human. Okay. Sure. Um, now granted it's maddening for a fan to see an umpire, maybe miss a pitch in a, in a, you know, uh, an important situation, that same pitch, if he misses it in the second inning with nobody on and no score, nobody cares, nobody even, you know, bats an eye. Right. So it, a lot of it's situational and nobody <laughs> that wears the blue, none of us want to want to miss a play or a pitch. Um, but it, you know, it does happen because we're not perfect, yeah. but I, 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 I'm just, do you want a video game out there or do you want a game played by humans officiated by humans and let the chips fall where they may. And, and, and again, society and fans and, and, and baseball people are going to have to make that decision. I, uh, I agree. I love that example of, uh, the shortstop that you just talked about, you know, um, you probably could, could, could predict I'm, I'm more purist. Um, you know, I'm not that old per se, but uh, I just grew up that way. And, you know, the reality is I feel like if, if all this stuff continues to happen, you're going to need two separate halls of fame too. You're going to need two separate scores and, and stats tracking because you got people that played it the old school real way, in my opinion. And then you got people that are going to benefit or not benefit from the new way. Right. Um, 
Talk to me for a second uh, or two about the uh, replay room. Um, you were there, obviously, pre and post replay. Um, what was uh, the general, your thought and the general thought of umpires in general when um, your brethren, when, when it officially came to fruition where, you know, a manager could, you know, ask for an instant replay? Well, uh, you know, replay first started, it was just what we called uh, uh, border calls uh, between the foul poles, uh, uh, you know, ground rule doubles, home runs, spectator interference, uh, right. fair foul that, you know, on. I needed that at, for Jeffrey Mayer. At the, oh, anyway, I was there. I was story. at first base. <laughs> you were at that game? <laughs> yeah. I was oh, I first... should know that. I'm such an asshole. <laughs> I was at first base. Yeah, oh, my, my God. First, my first LCS. Um, you know, I, I always thought it was a little bit ridiculous that we would have a home run, non-home run. We're not sure. Not, not even a fair foul, although that that's one of them, but just one that was it touched by a spectator. Did it hit above the line or below the line? This is, you know, 300 and, 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 and 60 feet away. Um, we have one time to see it. That's it. Boom. You got to make a decision. You have uh, shadows, you have people in white shirts, you have a glare from the sun, you have all types of things that can affect what you're looking at um you're the calling umpire that is going out and trying to get in as quickly as you can and then set in position on a ball that's you know sailing uh so it all happens very quickly and so you're you know 150 feet away or something making this call and everybody in the ballpark knows what happened because they see the replay on the monitors in the stands or whatever uh both teams have monitors up uh, up their runways they see what happens of course everybody at home watching sees what happens and the four guys that have to make a decision uh get together and go, well, what do you got well i thought it was a home run what do you what do you see i i, I right. wasn't sure i i thought it, the fan might have touched it. what do you have I, I couldn't see it from my angle you know and so now we have to come up with something did not make sense to me okay so I was happy, and, and for the most part, umpires in general were happy when that part of replay you know, first started. But we also knew, and we weren't stupid, that this was the opening, and it was and going it to advance at some point. Yeah. You know? um, and when it did advance, we, you know, we were, um, at least, certainly at least I was, uh, uh, you know, let's see how this plays out. I'm not necessarily against it, but I, I'm not sure how this is going to work. Let's see how it, how it all plays out. And for the most part, now that it's been in place, now that I've been on both ends of it, both on the field and in replay, um, I'm happy with the replay system. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I, I'm, I'm still not uh, to the point where I think robo umpires should be around. I think that that uh, is maybe a bridge too far. But I'm happy with the replay system as we have it because it does correct uh, obvious mistakes. It does correct. Now, it's not perfect. And, and anybody who thought that once we have replay, oh, there'll never be a missed call again, ever. Well, that's just not, that's just not true. Uh, I just saw the other day, I, I, uh, it was a type of replay, a play at the plate right where the, the, the camera had a perfect look at this play. But right when the play happened, the pitcher who was backing up the catcher got right in the way of the, of the camera. So, so, you know, and so you have that camera was useless then. Uh, and that was the one that had the perfect shot at. So you, there's always stuff that's going to happen with replay. It's never going to be perfect, but it does correct, uh, you know, obvious mistakes. It does, it does, you know, when I missed a play before replay and it was a big play again, situational play, it's in the ninth inning or the, you know, the winning run or blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I, I had the joy of watching that replay uh, every half hour on, on SportsCenter uh, for the next 24 hours, if not longer, of me kicking this play. Not a fun thing, you know, and it's uh, 
uh, and all the focus is on me and, 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 and my mistake. With replay, that same situation, I missed the play. We go to replay. We correct it and get the play right. Sometimes it's not even mentioned uh, right. in, in, the, in the report of the, of the play. If it is, it's usually uh, originally called save uh, by replay, they call them or whatever, you know, but the focus is on the play. The focus is on the game, because even though we may have looked bad doing it, we got the play right eventually. Right. And that's what people want. They just want the play right. And, and, and we get that. And, and we, we want the play right. Don't get me wrong. So, so I, in, overall, I'm, I'm okay with replay. Um, I think it does what it needs to do. It's not perfect. Uh, there's still going to be controversies. There's still going to be um, uh, situations. And, and plus, there's certain replays that one angle looks out, one looks safe. You, you know, that's how close it is. That's how the angle looks. And you just, if you're, if you're not looking, if you're looking with your head and not your heart, um, uh, you really can't tell one way or the other. And, and so, and, and in those situations, I think it's correct to go with, with the umpire that's on the field. But the other thing, one more thing about replay is it, we have, we hear a lot of uh, bitching. Oh, it takes too long. Oh my God, we're going to replay. It takes too long which a lot of times is from the same people that wanted replay when we didn't have it, by the way. Uh, but you got to remember that before replay, we had arguments. We had delays because uh, of arguments and this and that and this and that, and rarely did anything change. And, and, and if the umpire was wrong, it never did get corrected. At least with replay, you have that. Uh, we were doing replays much quicker than we used to right. because we know the system. We've, we've got it. We've understand it. We've worked it. And, um, you know, you can't have it both ways. You can't bitch about, oh, we need to have replay. And then when we get replay, say, oh, well, this is stupid. This is taking too long. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's my feeling on replay. No, I, I, I agree. Those that, um, those that complain um, are still complaining. And, you know, arguments <laughs> still happen. I mean, <laughs> my right. God, I'm watching the Orioles game yesterday, and, and Hyde got thrown out in the first inning. Um, I, I was like, what? The game just started. Slow down. <laughs> um, so I, I, uh, yeah, I've, I've ejected the first hitter before. That's there not, you go. Yeah. Well, you know, on the list of uh, speaking of ejections this is not on my list, but, you know, assuming it's accurate, I don't know if it's accurate, but Wikipedia says you've injected 90 folks over your entire um, 32 year career. Um, but I think that's one on the lower side, because if anybody I've talked to in any article of I've ever read about you of late says that um, you always had a a a a, a uh, not a short fuse that you were very much not looking to get anybody out of the game. And it, it, they really had to, I guess, piss you off if, if it got to that, Is that <laughs> well, you, had, you know, you had your automatics, uh, you know, if they throw, throw equipment or they bump you or do right. You know, those are, those are automatics. Uh, um, you know, the, the thing is, is it's easy to eject people. I could eject people all the time. You eject, you eject. <laughs> what, what's tough is keeping a guy in a game but not taking abuse. In other words, letting them vent as long as they do it the correct way right. uh, and, and, and calming the situation. That's a challenge. Um, well, let me ask you something. So what did this ever enter your mind or could it enter an umpire's mind? Right. And humor me for a minute. So you got a, a stadium full of 40,000 fans who I'm just going to pick on a name. I don't know if you ever threw them out, but they, they didn't come here as the umpires would say, they didn't come here to see the umpire. They came here to see Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or, or, um, or Cal Ripken. I'm a big Cal Ripken fan. And if you throw those guys out, you're, you're hurt. Some might say you're hurting baseball, like relax, they're superstars, leave them alone. I don't, agree with that by the way because i think they should play by the same rules as as the rookie who just got called up but what's your take on that does that ever enter your mind or no okay. um the situation 
happening enters enters my mind. Uh, the, the same, you know, uh, if if um, you know Bryce Harper says the <laughs> the magic words, he's going to be ejected. You know, it doesn't matter that he's a superstar. It doesn't matter that it may hurt the the Nationals uh, uh, or uh, you know you know whatever. It, it, that's not my job. My my job is to, to police the the game uh, as fairly as possible within the rules. And, and, you know, quite frankly, those players know what they can say and what they can't say. And, and, right. and, and if they, if, if, if you let a superstar and frankly, if you let anybody, but if you let a superstar, you know, blast you in such a way that is ejectionable and you don't do it, what is that other dugout and, and, right. and his teammates Precedent. say, what, what, you know, yeah, right. They're, Hey, we can just, have, it's a field day today with uh, Scotty sure. because, uh, if you didn't eject him for that, what, you know, and this, and that. so, but then again, I'm not looking for ejections. I, I, I don't go out there sniffing for ejections. I, um, I, I, you know, I try to take, and most umpires do, you try to take every individual situation for what it is at that time and deal with it accordingly. And uh, some, you know, ejections are not, they're not a, I mean, it's part of the game. Uh, we don't have, um, technical fouls or, you know, 15 yard penalties or whatever. So um, <laughs> yeah. you're either in, we do have an equipment violation. So you have that if, if a guy chucks his bat after he strikes out, you know, and, and usually when you say, I got you on equipment, then they say something else and you eject them because, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, because, because they didn't like what you said about the equipment, but no, um, I get it. yeah. So, so that's, that's how you approach that. And, um, and just try to be fair with the, you know, and treat every, everybody the same way. So, so let, let's get into some other areas. So um, this is something I've always been curious about. My dad made me promise to ask you this. Um, and uh, he feels like he has the answer, but who knows? So, you know, if I'm a, this happened, um, uh, it's happened a couple times this season or last season, uh, superstar, uh, younger player, Ronald Acuna Jr. in the Braves. He, uh, he doesn't run out to first base. He doesn't run through first base. He, he kind of is lazy. Right. And Bryce Harper was accused of that when he was young. It's a young kid thing. Right. And, um, you know, manager uh, of the team, uh, I guess, goes back after the game and yells at him, right? Gives him a tongue lashing, says, you know, you, you, we expect more of you. Um, and then he benches him the next day, right? He had a bad game, he benches him. Um, so the question, you may know where I'm going, is does that exist in Major League Baseball umpiring where you, everybody's got an off day. We're only human. You said it, but you have a bad game, obviously a bad game. You know it. Uh, the fans know it. The media knows it. The players know it. It's just, it happens, right? You're not feeling well, whatever. Is there a, a, a head umpire? Is that the crew chief? Is there somebody that, that behind the scenes gives you a tongue lashing, gives you a review? Because um, you don't get benched that I see. I don't know how that works. Can you talk about the review process and evaluations and so forth? Yeah, we're, we're uh, evaluated every pitch that we call, uh, ball or strike, uh, every play that we call on the bases and the plate, um, and even no, not, uh, no calls. Uh, let's say there was a rundown and – uh, maybe there should have been obstruction called. You didn't call it. Or, okay. Or that type of thing. So you're, we're evaluating on, on everything we do out there. And, you know, uh, just like a player or uh, any person, frankly, um, some days are just can be not as, uh, as, as good. You know, I, I've walked out there before uh, and the, the, the baseball looked like a beach ball. It was, I mean, I was, I saw every pitch just, it was just <laughs> like I had uh uh, Superman uh, eyesight. And then there, there were days I went out there and it looked like a, a BB and, and <laughs> I'm trying to pick it up and it might be the background 
you know, as a Baltimore fan, I had I had the plate in 1997. Uh, the Mariners and we're at Baltimore game four. Randy Johnson started for the Mariners and his it was like a three o'clock start. And his arm was coming out. There's a silver building, dead center field, yeah. uh, downtown Baltimore. And the, the sun, the, you know, is October, so the sun's a little lower and this and that. And it, his, his, his hand was coming out, and he's so tall, it was coming out of this silver building. I mean, you could not see the ball. And, trying, you know, and the hitters were going, what is going on? I mean, you know, they, it, was, it was just tough for everybody. You know, you can't say ball strike. I don't know. It's a silver building. It's really <laughs> tough to see. I mean, no one cares. You have to do your job, right? right. And so, as an umpire, I just need to slow my timing down. I need to focus and, and, and you know, and and really bear down. But the, the the point is, there's there's a lot of reasons why uh, an umpire may have a bit of an off day. Um, you got to remember too, Eric, an off day means instead of missing one or two pitches, maybe three pitches a game, I, I missed six right you know seven um out of 250 pitches or whatever you know so and we're focused on the plate but it's more than that it's first base yeah, second base yeah yeah, yeah, base. yeah. It's anything yeah and you know no you don't have a tongue lashing i mean most you know most times when we walk off the field the guy that had a tough day is the first guy that says something okay he says man i I could not pick up the ball, you know, my timing or, you know, whatever it was, or, or, you know, play, play on the, on the bases. I mean, one of the first things I do when I walk in this, you know, especially before replay uh, is uh, you know, I'll ask, did I miss that steel play at second? You know, what, what'd you see on that steel play? You know, cause I, I'm not real confident on it or, you know, or whatever. And then of course you want to, you want to see it to, because uh, if you did miss it, you want to go through your checklist of why did you miss it? Was your position? Was your timing? Was your, you know, you have a whole So uh, do you have to fill out a report and submit no. it every night or something? No, no. The only time we have to do a report is if there's an ejection, if there's a equipment violation, if there's anything that happened during the, like a, a fan ran on the field or okay. they threw a bunch of stuff on the field or whatever. Um, but uh, uh, no, but, but, but trust me, <laughs> the, if you missed a play or missed a pitch, it's, it's, you're going to hear about it uh, because it's in your evaluation uh, for that game. Okay. Um, and, and that kind of thing. And what we try to do, what I try to do is if I do miss something, uh, you know, miss a play on, on, on the base or whatever, I try to figure out why I missed it. Right. Get better. Yeah. Just yeah. take a negative into a positive if you can. So maybe you don't make that mistake going forward. So, so, but yeah, yes, you can have tough days, but, but, uh, usually they're self-identified and, 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 and then tried to be, you know, try to correct them. Um, so, so let me ask you this. Do you ever, um, uh, do you ever get as an umpire, any of your, uh, your fellow umpires, does, do you guys ever get frustrated that you're not, I don't know if it's contractual or not, but you're really, from what I see, you're not allowed to do pre and post game conferences, like the players and the managers, you don't talk to the media. That's the whole point. You, you don't get, I guess you don't get to defend yourself. You don't get to say, Hey, here's why I made that call. Here's why I made that play. I mean, I watch the Orioles post game every day and the managers on there saying and defending himself, why he did this, why he didn't do that. He's, he's, he's bombarded with reporters. Um, I know that's not how umpires work, but do you ever get frustrated that you can't, or uh, is it a good thing that you can't? Well, usually if there's a controversial call or if there's something big in the game, um, you'll have a pool reporter come to your, come to your locker room. Oh, you do? Get it. Yeah. I didn't know that. They may not print it or, I mean, you know, they, but they may ask you about it. Um, 
and, and you know, it may be a rule, it may be a, a, a just a, a, you know, a play at the plate that ended the game that was controversial or whatever, a Bach, you know, why, why was that a Bach? What, right. what did you see or whatever? Um, and, and, and you'll just explain, you know, what you had or what you, you know, what the rule is or was, and, uh, uh, you know, how you came to the conclusion that you came to, um, again, we have no power of if they reported or not, or, or if it, you know, how, in what context they put that in their story. Um, you but know, you're not required to talk to them like, like players and managers are. No, no, we're not required to talk to them. Uh, it's a courtesy. Um, we can always say no comment. We have no comment. Um, uh, you know, uh, usually, and I, I always try to talk to the press because if you have no comment, it just keeps the That's issue alive. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps the issue alive and, 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 and they're going to want it. They're still going to, you know, you're better off saying what you have. People may absolutely disagree with everything you just said, but this is where we're coming from. This is why we did this and, and then move on. I hear you. I hear you. I, I've always wondered about that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm learning. I've never read an article. It, you know, um, it's not a, it's not a requirement. I, th I think, I think they have to, I think managers have every, after every game. They have to, to, yeah. To yeah. 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 And we don't, we don't have that stipulation. It's if, if we're asked, if someone comes to our room, uh, we have the option of talking to them or, or not talking to them. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. You're, you're teaching me. I did not know that. Um, that's good to know. Um, so, you know, uh, umpiring in general uh officiating yeah, any sport any sport is a is as my dad always says is a thankless business right yeah. um you get yelled at when you make when you miss a call but you very rarely have that same manager who hated you the inning before thank you for uh, uh messing up the call that this time went in his favor you don't hear that stuff right, <laughs> right, right. um and, and you know you're right we're all human it, it's a bunch of judgment calls and so forth but you know let, let's get into something different i mean um, you know, I, I, I have a family, um, a, a mixed family, both sides, my, my wife and uh, my side. Um, and we have a lot of, uh, uh, not a lot, but we have some, some openly gay uh, folks in our family. And they're just human beings. They're just family members to us. But mm -hmm. speaking about fans and thankless business, I mean, you're the first, in, uh, you're the, for those that don't know, um, uh, Dale's the first uh, uh, major league umpire to ever come out uh, as openly gay many years ago. But more than that, I believe you were the first uh, person in, in officiating between MLB and NFL and, and, um, and, and NHL and certainly uh, any other sport to do so. And, you know, one thing that I know for sure is that um, people are, are mean, people are brutal. So I guess this is this is not just about you coming out. This is in general, when you're back behind the plate, you hear fans, you got to be able to hear them, particularly if you're at the Orioles game and there's six fans in the stands. <laughs> Sorry, O's. Um, you can hear them yelling. And when they're yelling, you know, it reminds me of what um, Adam Jones said in the media years ago when he was in Boston. And he said Boston fans were the worst because they would yell uh, the N-word uh, left right. and right. And it was it was offensive, right? Um, you had to have had that. And how does that affect you as a, as a human being? Forget being an umpire. Well, uh, you are correct. I was the first active uh, male official in the top five sports uh, to come out as gay. That was in the, uh, December of 2014. So uh, the 2015 season, a few months later, was the first time I walked on the field uh, with uh, after revealing that. Um, now, you got to remember or understand that 
all the umpires I worked with, they all knew they had known for years, the right. major league baseball offices, the people that signed my check, they, they knew. So this was not a shock to any of them. Uh, but it was, you know, teams and players and managers and the, uh, uh, you know, the media and fans, sure. uh, this was news. Um, I, I really wasn't sure what the reaction, if any, would be not only from players and, and that, but also, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, the, the, the shots coming from the stands, uh, what kind of, uh, you know, crap would be coming out of there. Um, and, and I, you know, going into that 2015 season was, um, you know, it was a little different, just wondering how this would all play out. Um, I can tell you, it's gotta be uh, the most nerve wracking season of your whole career. <laughs> well, you know, in a, you know, Eric, it's really funny. Um, my first game, a spring training game, early March, 2015, when I, it was, uh, in Arizona, it was the uh, Indians and the Reds and, um, our locker room was like in center field. So we walked all the way, you know, from the outfield, all the way to home plate to, you know, to do round rules and, and start the game. And I remember, um, and this is again, you know, what, four months since I had come out, um, but the first game. And so I remember walking onto the field and it wasn't a packed house for spring training. It was the first, you know, like I said, first spring training game, but, um, I had a feeling that, um, uh, that I didn't anticipate. I, I felt for the first time I felt totally free. I, it was like, uh, I was not hiding behind the shield anymore. Um, you know, anybody in the stands, uh, when they saw my number five, could say, oh, who's that on Oh, he's gay. You know, I mean, anybody could, you know, if they, if they didn't rec remember the story, they certainly could find out very easily. Um, and so it was, a, but it was a very liberating feeling for me, which is something I didn't really anticipate. I, you know, and, and I, 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 I just felt, you know what, I'm finally, after all these years, I'm walking on the field as who I really am without any, any uh, shields uh, up in front of me. Um, that season, actually that game, I had two players uh, come up to me. One was Marlon Bird, longtime outfielder for several uh, organizations. He was playing for the Reds um, about the second, third inning. I was, uh, we rotate on the bases uh, every couple of innings on screen training. I was over at third and he's going to the third base dugout from left field and he sees me and he goes dale and he comes up and you know i like i said i've umpired it for years and he comes up and gives me a huge bear hug and he says i am so proud of you you're free man you're free and i did That's not awesome. expect this okay <laughs> i did not even you know it's not it's not unusual at all especially in spring training when you haven't seen players for several months. hey dale how was your off season how's everything right. you know whatever but he gives me this big bear hug which is a little uh, uh, you know isn't normal uh but he said that and, and i said thank you marlon thank you i really appreciate that and it really it really touched me that you know he, that he was uh, so enthusiastic and so happy for me um later that game joey Votto, as he was heading he was done for the day about the fifth inning he comes by and he shook my hand and goes i just want to congratulate you that took a lot of guts and you know and and, and the, that was two players the rest of that season there was only one other player one base coach and one trainer that said anything the entire year no manager no what? other players so wait, wait, wait. the first game two people right. uh, that i've heard of i know joey Votto, of course uh, right. certainly marlin and then you went 162 games plus postseason, plus spring training, and, and only two more? Uh, only one other player, uh, oh, one yeah. coach uh, in spring training, and, and one trainer. That was it. Uh, and, and, you know, when I was doing interviews when I came out in December, uh, I was asked that. What do you think the reaction will be, uh, players and managers and coaches? And I said, frankly, you know, I don't know, but frankly, I think they're more interested in me getting pitches and plays right than than uh, what I do when I, when I leave the ballpark. And, and, and basically that's, that's what it was. Now to continue with that conversation, you're talking about fans and this 
to me is incredible. I never heard one negative thing that entire season or the next season. That's right. Uh, now I'm not saying somebody might have said something. I never heard it. Uh, if 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 somebody did, um, I did. <laughs> there was one funny uh, somebody in Atlanta, uh, and in in the article uh, when I was coming out, it talked about me being a huge Oregon Ducks, you know, fan. Right. I grew up in Eugene and everything. Um, and uh, somebody said, uh, uh, <laughs> "I am shocked and appalled that Dale Scott came out as an Oregon Duck fan." And, and, and I'm waiting for this, the second shot here. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm curious. He goes, but it makes a lot of sense with all the uh, uniform changes. And so I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that is uh, kudos for, uh, for uh, originality there. But, but to be honest with you, I never heard anything negative from fans. Uh, I had just the very, very few players, coaches, managers uh, even mention it. And it was all uh, good. It was all positive. Yeah. Um, and that was it. And, 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 you know, going into that season, I didn't know, I had really had no idea what the reaction would be, if any, um, I thought it would be a little more than that, quite frankly. Um, but, uh, but it also proved to me that, um, you know, I'm there for a reason and, and, and it, it, gay, straight, whatever, get plays right. You know, that's, that's what yeah. they want. That's, that's what people want, you know, and, and that's, yeah, but- that's, that's my job. And one of the things I said, uh, when I came out, I said, I am so happy that Major League Baseball has evaluated me on my work on the field and, and, and not what I do off it, because that's exactly the way it should be. You know? Well, I mean, I, I think that um, as a society, regardless of the topic, we have a long way to go. Right. But right. I also think we've come a long way. And, yeah. you know, you didn't you didn't make this public in 1985. You know, you didn't make right, this public right. when you were in the minors and you were just starting to, to umpire. This is it's a different time. Again, I'm sure. not saying we're all there. I don't know that we ever will be. Right. But at that same point, uh, I'm, I'm just thrilled to hear that it was more about the game. Um, and, uh, you know, candidly, you were an inspiration for uh, you. You are an inspiration for folks to just be themselves, uh, regardless of their job or their occupation or whatever. Um, and it's certainly not uh, not easy to do what you uh, what you what you did. I can't even imagine. Um, well, so you know, I love hearing that story. Well, and, and to prove what, what you're just saying as, as an inspiration, I did get um, hundreds of emails um, uh, from people around the world. The vast, vast, vast majority I've never met. I've never probably. How'd they find will. your email? I had, well, to, I had to rely it, on Twitter. It, well, in the, in the, in the story and <laughs> in, in, in Outsports, uh, the coming out story, I, gave, I, I, I had a, uh, not my usual email oh, address, okay. gotcha. but an uh, email address so people could contact. And there was a couple stupid, you know, things, but again, the vast, vast majority of this was all positive, but I, I got an email from a, a senior in high school in the LA area who umpired, who his goal was to be a major league umpire. He was also gay and he wasn't out. And he wrote me and he said, now, now that I know, now I know that if I don't make it to the big leagues, it's because I don't have the skill. It's not because of who I am. That's and that's great. huge. That's huge. You know, that's huge. And so that, that really moved me. Um, and that, that right there, and I don't know how many people that didn't contact me that maybe uh, it was an inspiration for. So that right there, you know, made it all, not that I was second guessing coming out, but I'm, you know, that just proved that it was the right thing to do. Well, you know, I, um, 
Uh, you don't know. My my full-time job is not being a podcast host. This is something I started last year. I've always wanted to do, and uh, I'm enjoying it and having fun meeting great people. My full-time job is I'm in the insurance and employee benefits world. And the reason I say that is I was very excited when I saw how, as you said, MLB knew for a long time prior. And I love how MLB um, took the stance well before the Supreme Court uh, upheld same-sex marriage, and they went ahead and um, and gave your, I don't know if you were married at the time, but gave your partner uh, an MLB ID and union benefits and, and health insurance benefits. Um, I mean, that's just that just makes me love the sport even more. No matter what folks want to say about uh, Bud Selig in the day or Rob Manford now, it's irrelevant. Um, I just love that because, uh, to be very honest, I, I work with employers, employer organizations. Yeah. Um, I don't work with MLB, but Somebody does. There's a benefit expert like me that does right. the benefits for Major League Baseball. It's just a fact, right? Right. And not every organization, whether they're a name brand like MLB or whether they're the Joe's Plumbing down the street on the corner, not every organization still to this day, I see it, they don't want to accept what what MLB yeah. did and they didn't have to. So I was really proud to, to read that. Yeah, well, we, we uh, uh, Mike and I were domestic, registered domestic uh partners uh this was before marriage was legal um but by doing that and with the the new insurance uh benefits that we had through mlb uh i could if male or female if you have a registered domestic right. partner uh you got the same uh, you know benefits as the employee just like a spouse basically yeah uh, no, and so so we did that for a few years until we were legally married and of course uh, then he was an official spouse but yeah baseball was really very good about everything that's fantastic. Hey, let me ask you another couple questions and we'll wrap up. I know you're busy. I appreciate you. Um, why aren't there more Hall of Fame umpires in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> there's 10 there's and 10, nine of yeah. them were from the uh, from what I count. There's 10 and nine of them were the Veterans Committee. Like umpiring is such a huge impact on the game. Yeah. Good, bad or indifferent. And there's so many big name famous, I, I use the term famous umpires that yeah. I believe could or should be in the Hall of Fame one day. Um, what do you think's going on there? Well, I agree. I, you know, there's a, a, a there's umpires that, that, you know, not only famous, but they, they dedicated their life to the game of baseball right. and, they, and they did an outstanding job for, for season after season for, you know, thousands of games. Um, you know, the, you're one of them, you're 28th all time in games which is yeah which blows my mind you know but I mean, and if i hadn't got hurt uh, in 2017 early in that season yeah, you weren't uh, planning I, to retire that year that was no, not no, it was concussions yeah concussions right. uh you know knocked me out of the game but if i had stayed healthy that same season in 2017 in september i would have hit the 4000 game mark and and that's a huge number um you know for an umpire and 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 it's and it's one that less and less uh, guys will ever uh, meet because there's more time off the field now with replay and 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 and, and those is that four thousand number similar to what fans hear like um you, when a player gets to three thousand games or they get to five hundred home runs they're a deadlock for Hall of Fame is that a similar type number or it's just kind of a big number it's a big number I I don't know how many there's only three umpires that have uh, had over five thousand games. Right. One of them, uh, um, the number Joe, one guy just this year, Joe West. Yeah, yeah. He took and, and Jerry Davis is real close um, uh, to 5000. But uh, and then there's I don't know how many have 4000 um, or, or more, but there's not a ton. Sure. I don't know if that's a deadlock for Hall of Fame, but I, I, I do know it's, it, that was a, a, a personal 
um, number that I, I was hoping to, to get. And I, I, I was 103 games short because of the uh, concussions. But the reason, you know, the only, the only way an umpire gets into the Hall of Fame is through uh, the Veterans Committee or, or it's through a, a, a committee that, that only consider umpires once every three years or something like that. Okay. So, you know, and then they're also in the same um, category as, uh, you know, executives and, 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 you know, all these other right. categories. So, so it's not just that they're going to every three years put an umpire in it's that like every three years, one might be considered uh, in this pool of, of a bunch of other people that might be considered. So, and, you know, quite frankly, um, that's just not high on, on those committees lists, uh, yeah. you know, and I don't think that's necessarily right. <laughs> um, I, you know, th- there's some contemporaries that I worked with that deserve, in my opinion, uh, Hall of Fame consideration, uh, Richie Garcia, who I know Baltimore is not real happy with, but <laughs> from, from 96, but he had an unbelievably, uh, unbelievably great career. Uh, I think he worked four or five worlds. I mean, the guy was a solid umpire, uh, Larry Barnett's another one. Um, uh, you know, obviously Joe West, I think will, uh, make the hall of fame. Don Denkinger is another, another, and these are guys that I worked with, you know, when I first came up, um, and, and of course, in the National League, you've got, uh, you know, Harry Windelstad and you've got uh, uh, Doug Harvey did get voted. In. You know, so, I mean, th- I think there should be more to answer your question. Yes, I think I, I think they're a little bit um, slow and a little bit uh, um, too selective, I guess, or something that, you know, it just seems a little unfair. Yeah. Um, and I wish I would I would hope that maybe that could that could be changed here uh, going forward. Well, well, uh Dale, you got my vote. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll get you on the committee. <laughs> I, I wish. Um, so uh, 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 I imagine, obviously, you still have close friends, uh, friends that are uh, either not umpiring anymore or certainly still umpiring. Um, sure. So, um, and, but the question is, what about players? Did you ever, um, did you ever develop a relationship with a player where you just became good friends? I mean, yeah a lot of them you had to, you were probably in the minors with, you made it to the majors at the same time. And frankly, you, you had a career with them. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's a different dynamic though. Yeah, it it is a different dynamic. You know, people always asked uh, throughout my career, you know, did you ever, you know, after a game, do you ever go out and have a drink with a player or something? Well, it's just a little awkward. It's like the judge the taking conflict out the of interest. you know, right before uh, I call him out on strikes and uh, right. the bases loaded the next day. It's a little awkward. Um, you know, Harold Reynolds, uh, you know, we text every once in a while. We talk to everyone. You know, if there's a weird rule or something, he'll he'll get a hold of me to, to help him understand it when he's going on the air or whatever. But part of our you know bond, so to speak, is uh, we're both we're both Oregon Duck fans. He's from Oregon, and okay. uh, that makes you know, sense. I'll see him at a football game or something. So so we have that connection. Uh, but you know, and 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 now that I've been retired, like uh, uh, you know, on Facebook or on uh, on Twitter, there have been a couple guys that uh, that will communicate that. You, you know, not necessarily great friends, but, you know, they're, they're friendly. Like friendly and we know who each other is. And we, you know, you have, you have, you know, I respect uh, these players are very talented, uh, you know, athletes. Uh, and I saw them in person, uh, you know, for years. And so I, you know, I respect what they have done. We may have had our differences and we may have had, I may sure. have rejected them. We may have had arguments, but uh, uh, I understand, uh, you know, I do respect what they did. And, and you leave and it on the field though. You leave yeah. it on the field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so, uh, uh, I, I gotta ask you about this cause I, fi- I find it fascinating. As soon as I, uh, as soon as I sent that video to my dad, uh, the cameo going back to the beginning, um, one of the first things he said to me is he always loved how you were so entertaining to watch your third strike call, <laughs> um, which I know, you know, that, I mean, heck in 2012, April, 2012 power rankings on the bleacher report said you were the top five, most entertaining umpires in baseball to watch um and you're most well known for your strikeout call um where you would uh, step back turn to your left um punch the air and emphatically call the batter out which you know <laughs> you anybody watching this you can google uh dale scott th- uh, strike three call and it's gonna pop up on youtube <laughs> and um so i agree uh just a quick question where'd that come from did you do that in the minors did you do like it just kind of evolved because it was fun to watch i love i, I want to watch a fun game it, it it evolved it evolved i didn't like uh, you doing it to the orioles but i want to watch a fun game <laughs> uh no it, it evolved um you know umpires as they progress uh you know especially uh, kind of once they get to the big leagues too if you if you make it that far because in the minor leagues they especially lower minor leagues they want to see a little bit more robotic because they just want to see your skills and that kind I of gotcha. stuff and then you develop a personality as you go a little bit um with your calls some guys more than others um but you know it was from watching other umpires there were certain uh, guys uh, dave phillips i worked with a lot uh, so i got a little dave phillips in there i got a little uh uh, uh, Rocky Rowe in there who I, who I worked with, you know, a little combo here, a little combo there. And it just kind of settled into what I, what I came up with and I was comfortable with it. It felt good. Um, and, and, and so that's what I settled on. And, and, you know, I, if you, you know, if you look at a, a game, I worked, uh, you know, and I started in 86, so uh, full time, uh, you look at a game in 1990 and you're looking at a game in uh, 2010, um, you know, my strike three is, you know, different, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so it developed, but uh, I'm I'm constantly uh, asked about it and and comments about it. You know, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, guys, guys, love, other umpires, uh, you know, amateur umpires stuff. These, uh, you know, they always want me to do it. Uh, you know, and I'm, uh, I get cam- <laughs> I get cameo requests. So don't get you know, call them out on strikes. You know. Oh, you get that too. That would have been great. That's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. Oh, there's Father's Day coming up. I could do another one. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Um, all right, man. Well, listen, um, my last question. You've been out of the game um, officially for, uh, what, four years now. Um, do you still do you watch the game? Do you enjoy it? Do you, can you turn on the TV and actually watch it? Do you watch the umpires? Tell me your thoughts on that. Well, I, I don't watch a lot of baseball during the season. Um, okay. I might channel surf and I'll come up and the first thing I do is who, who's working the game. I'm trying right. to figure out who, who, you know, who the umpires are. Uh, you know, if I'm at a game, which is a major league game is, is rare uh, just because I live in Portland, it's, you know, not close to me, but I always watch the officials. I, I it doesn't matter what I've got Oregon deck football, season tickets i watch the official of course i love the ducks i want them to win and i watch football but I, i'm always watching the officials I, I officiated football and basketball for 18 years um at high school level you know i i officiating is in my blood and so i like to see the mechanics i like to see the teamwork um and things that a lot of people just don't pick up on because they're not there to they've never officiated they don't you know right. it's not their interest um and so now in the playoffs and stuff with, with baseball i'll watch and usually when i'm watching <laughs> postseason it's for the sole purpose of praying nothing controversial happens that's that's my whole that's my whole purpose for in buddies. watching is, is just hoping nothing controversial happens because uh i've been there it's not fun um 
And, and, you know, it's when it's under a microscope like that in the postseason or whatever, it's just, it's, it, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a part of the, it's, you know, we signed up for this, it happens, uh, but uh, uh, it's not a lot of fun to see. The uh, uh, for those that don't know, Dale uh, Scott, again, 32 years, Major League Baseball umpire, uh, three World Series, uh, three All-Star games, six uh, League Championship Series, including uh, the Jeffrey Mayer game. I didn't even think about that. That's I feel like <laughs> such an ass um, and 12 division series games. Um, just a true legend uh, in the umpire community in my book and my dad's book. Uh, I appreciate it. And speaking of books, uh, there's not much to talk about. So I left it here to the end. Uh, but Dale, uh, you were telling me you have a, a, a book you started writing last year that uh, you hope to have out by the season start 2022. Um, can you can you shed any light on that? Yeah, we uh, I'm working with uh, writer Rob Nyer, uh, who happens to live here in Portland, but Rob's a 20 plus year uh, baseball writer for ESPN, Fox, and, and he's written a few books. And uh, he kind of convinced me to do this, frankly, um, only because I had no intention of writing a book. But he said, you know, and, and other umpires have retired and written books and yeah, they're fun and, and that kind of stuff. But I just really wasn't uh, looking to do that. But he said, you've got a unique story. I mean, you've got not only your baseball, which you have great stories and, and insights and people love that if they're baseball fans and that kind of stuff. But you also have this whole other story that no one else has. And that's me right. coming out as an active umpire and, and how I how I hid my sexuality and, 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 you know, went out of my way to hide my sexuality uh, in the minor leagues, my first, you know, 15 or so years in the big leagues. So um, he convinced me to do it. We, we started in October last year after we got a publishing deal. Uh, we sent the manuscript in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's, it's happening. Um, it's been an education. Uh, I'm not a writer. I, I've, I've improved. I've gotten better. I, I've learned a lot of things. Um, but uh uh, it, it's been a lot of fun and hopefully when it comes out next, uh, uh April or, or May, um, we still don't even have a title yet. So I did, I tell you a title, but we don't have it yet, but, uh, when it comes out uh, next spring, I, you know, hopefully, uh, it'll, it'll, it, you know, interest enough people to, uh, you know, buy a few copies and, and, uh, you know, it, it's fun. It's uh, a lot of uh, fun stories, uh, both minor leagues, big leagues. And, the, uh, when I worked winter ball in the Dominican, uh, and so, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, it'll be, uh, It'll be, you know, I bet New York Times top seller. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course it will. <laughs> and, you know, um, uh, with all seriousness, Dale, we've had on a lot of folks of late and over the year that are uh, releasing books in the uh, current and so forth. So um, I'd love to have you back uh, when it's time to release. I'll hold up a copy and and plug it and tell people to go buy it. I want to read it myself. So if you're interested, let me know. Um, add me to that press tour for yeah. lack of a better term because i know your publisher is going to want you out there talking to people um right. so uh it's been a pleasure my friend i appreciate you very much um thank you again uh if anybody wants to reach dale um i found him on cameo and twitter is there another or a better way to reach you or you want any other social media uh, is just, there a website? Uh, uh, um, uh, i'm on facebook uh you know just my name um and that's uh you know those are the ways to, to get a hold of me and and uh uh, but I, I appreciate the invite and, I'm, and, and please uh, tell your father hello and I'm glad he's doing well and back on the field. That's awesome. Uh, Absolutely. I'm, I'm really happy for him. Absolutely. Well, guys, um, everybody knows I only show up and ask some uh, questions and I have a lot of fun, good, bad or indifferent. Um, so for everybody behind the scenes at the Rockstars Rockin' Podcast who puts this together on the back end, uh, I appreciate them very much. I'm Eric Silverman. That 
is Dale Scott, MLB, uh, retired MLB umpire of 32 years. And you've just watched another episode or listened to another episode of the Rockstars Rockin' Podcast. Until next week, thanks everybody and make it a great day. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Rockstars Rocking Podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. Five stars would totally rock. Until next time, Rockstars, keep rocking.